Hi there, House Culture listener. If you enjoy this episode or have enjoyed listening to other episodes in our series, please support and donate to us through the Acast supporter feature. All donations will help us create the content that you love listening to. You can decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. So it could be a one-off and every now and then or once every time you listen. It's up to you. Click on the supporter link that you can find in the episode or show description. And with Google or Apple Pay, it will take you less than 30 seconds to make your payment. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Katie Goodman and you're listening to the House Culture Podcast. House Culture. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the House Culture Podcast, hosted by me, the Managing Editor at House Culture, Matt Rouse. This is your place to hear club culture conversations with your favourite DJs, artists and promoters. And as always, I'd like to extend my gratitude for seeking us out and lending us your ears for the next hour or so. For those that might be new to the show, we are House Culture, a collective of house music fans who have come together through their mutual love of the beat to celebrate the spirit of house music. Instagram is where it all started for us, so head on over there to us at House Culture Net and claim your spot on that virtual dance floor amongst 200,000 other party people. We've also got our extensive back catalogue of episodes that you can listen to wherever you get your podcasts. Our latest series has featured such legends as Todd Terry, Chris Lake and Mark Knight. And if you go back even further, you can listen to people like Fatboy Slim, Purple Disco Machine, Josh Butler and Bongo Ben tell us their stories in their own words. We're pretty discerning here at House Culture when it comes to our guests. We make sure everyone we have sat down with has an interesting and fascinating story to share. So even if you don't recognise the name, give it a try. So I'm sure you'll learn something new about our wonderful club culture community. In this episode, we sat down with Glitterbox resident DJ and Defected Records employee Katie Goodman. In this extremely down-to-earth chat, we learn how Katie found her people. I just hated going out. I remember like going to uni, everyone getting like pissed up on WKD and like singing their hearts out to Wonderwall. And I just used to look around and think I do not fit in here until I found house music and kind of gives you a purpose for going out, I think, when you start going for the music. How she landed her dream job at Defected Records. I wanted to work for Defected and I used to just bug Simon Dunmore because I met him in Ibiza when I was 18, asked for his email address and his best advice was just like just try and get a foot in the door somehow what it's like to be in the booth when entertaining one of the best dance floors in Ibiza the wild corner is like this space where you can do what you want there's this moment where I look up and I'm like you're not going anywhere it's us it's me you lot for the next three hours I've got some treats and we're just gonna have a real good time and how important it is to acknowledge the history of our scene. I see the scene as a special place still and creates so many memories. And I think it's important that people still remember how it started and where it came from. I hope you enjoy this one. This is Casey Goodman. House Culture. Okay, I'm sat here in the basement at the headquarters of Defective Records and sat opposite me 
is a DJ whose track selection marks them out as a real student of our scene and whose technical wizardry behind the decks can be witnessed at events like Glitterbox and Defected Zone Croatia Festival. Her name is Katie Goodman and I'd like to welcome her to the House Culture Podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, We always like to roll things back at the very beginning, start where it all started for you. Um, Tell us about where you grew up, what kind of household was it and how you kind of discovered music. Okay, where I grew up. So uh, you can probably tell I'm from S. Unfortunately, it's quite clear. Um, And I grew up in Romford. And I guess I kind of follow my brother around with everything he does. And he got me into music first. Although I don't know if maybe I found Defected before he did. Mm -hmm. But my household wasn't very musical. My, My dad liked any like to party I don't think he cared what was playing <laughs> could have been like no soundtrack at all mum mm-hmm. apparently thinks she was into northern soul but I think she's just trying to be cool now <laughs> I don't really think she says she used to go to the old northern soul raves but no I think she's just seen a few like throwback films and wants to be part of that crowd mm-hmm. so we didn't have like much uh musical influence growing up and then I guess like everyone in 2011 era 12 era I found EDM yeah, I mean, you know, so was that through your brother? Because a lot of people that we speak to often have, and my, me myself included, have like an older sibling. Yeah, they're like your guide and interest. Jamie, into this yeah, scene. Jamie, Jamie. I think I think it was at Ministry of Sound. Everyone started going there, mm-hmm. and like the big nights were like Tiesto mm-hmm. and like the big EDM nights, and then obviously everyone does their first Ibiza trip. Mm-hmm. Jay, my brother, did his first, and then yeah, I shortly followed at eighteen. And yeah, so he, I'd say he got me into it. And plus, I mean, we had the best that that that, that era, what, 2010 to 2015 mm-hmm. was sort of like the pinnacle of everything because you had EDM was still melodic and great. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Hot Creations and Jamie Jones and all that was just coming in. And so it was hard to uh, to not be part of it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know that um, I'm skipping forward a little bit in terms of like the choices that you've made for the playlist. But there's like, <laughs> yeah, don't spoil it yet. But no. one of your choices, you're like, it is a bit EDM. You don't, it don't was judge the first me. <laughs> thing that came into my head when I thought what was the first song that like I used to go out clubbing. We won't talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, that was, yeah. EDM popped into my head. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's been an amazing kind of gateway for everyone. And now the scene's kind of really matured beyond that. I think, yeah. you know, you've got a lot of people that uh, got a lot of people into it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still like listening to a little Avicii podcast every now and again. <laughs> Who doesn't? Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you were talking about that first Ibiza trip. Um, and, you know, what was your kind of clubbing life like before that? in you know in and around Essex do you know what I think this is why I like music so much and why I've got addicted to like defected and house music when I found it I just hated going out Mm -hmm. I remember like going to uni and like I only went for a few months I left (laughs) and like everyone getting like pissed up on WKD and like singing their hearts out to Wonderwall and I just used to look around and think I this I do not fit in here yeah I just couldn't like I mean I had a house rabbit (laughs) <laughs> right I know that seems irrelevant but I remember the the reason it's relevant is because I remember being like 17 18 and everyone used to go out to like the local Romford clubs and my excuse would be like I couldn't go because I had to like look after my house rabbit <laughs> um called Kiara from Lion King I know it's such a cute name but so I think like I just I just despise like the whole like just going out for the sake of it and mm. not really knowing why you're there and you look around and you think does anyone really want to be here yeah, yeah and so like it was basically non-existent until I found house music mm-hmm. and yeah it kind of gives you a purpose for going out I think yeah. when you start going for the music mm-hmm. absolutely instead of just like going out to like your local to uh yeah get pissed up <laughs> <laughs> and so when you went to Ibiza you were in you were with your brother when you went no, out there I the went, first time? No I went I you know what I don't know if I did go before him because okay. I remember he went with his friend Danny mm. and I think they went after I think I might have gone first You were the trailblazer I think I might have been Oh it was it was a, I look back now my my best one was when I went the next time alone with my best friend and yeah. then we'd found Deep House the mm. first year was apps just just chaotic I was staying at Ibiza Rocks no judgement here <laughs> not gonna I be for rocks is great uh-huh. and yeah I think my itinerary consisted of Tiesto at Pasha mm-hmm. 
Swedish house at Ushai. I mean, I'd still go back to everyone. Swedish house, a legendary, mm-hmm. just pure EDM. Yeah. But I tell you what, there was a split with our group and it was like the people that hung around Sanan and wanted to hang around, you know, at the bars that don't have the DJs. Yeah. And that's kind of like when I established like that I really liked the scene and like, yeah, not just going out for the sake of it. And when you look back on those days, considering where you kind of are now in terms of what, what the island is like and comparing it to those days, has it changed much for you during that era, do you think? Um, I mean, it's really hard because I haven't been as a fan for so long. Mm-hmm. Like every time I've gone out lately, it's been to play or to work. And so I don't really get to see it through the eyes of like just being out in the, in the clubbing world. I mean, I did actually last year had to put some nights off and one of them was going to be DC 10. Mm-hmm. And I guess this kind of like answers the question in that I unfortunately was like pumped to go very excited, got there and it was one of the nights that the council had shut it down oh, no. for no reason. Yeah. Absolutely raging. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, yeah, it has changed. I mean, I think there's still like, you've got people that are just trying to put it down too much. It's still like a magical place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it it's still got the best parties and the best lineups and the best sound systems the best production and you can't control like the people that are going but I don't think it's changed as much as people like to like argue that it has Mm -hmm. and I think it will never go anywhere yeah yeah it'll always be there it's gone through so many kind of different forms and surfs it's always been that number one destination yeah it's maintained that and so what inspired you then to like get some decks or you know so I mean, you're probably gonna hear me talk about my brother quite a lot in this podcast, to be <laughs> honest. Well, no, I worked for a nightclub. Um, well, back to the I as soon as I started listening to Defected, mm-hmm. like 16, I was like, I need to work for this company. This yeah. is like, I was just obsessed. I was a massive, massive fan of everything. I actually did like a music business two year, like mini sort of qualification. Mm-hmm. And my whole like, thesis and everything was on defected actually there was a bit that was on tour room which is quite controversial so i wanted to work for defected and Mm -hmm. i used to just bug simon all the time simon dunmore because i met him in ibiza when i was 18 asked Mm -hmm. for his email address and just ask like how can i like get a job is it internships and his best advice was just like just try and get a foot in the door somehow Mm -hmm. so then i stumbled across a club that was opening in my area mm-hmm. reached out to them and ended up somehow at the age of like 19 being like head pr head booking head everything yeah. it was so funny just like basically given the keys to this nightclub and like just told he go like promote it mm-hmm. and i mean we smashed it it was yeah. so fun like we booked some really fun people and then i realized that i had a budget of who i was booking mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm wasting like 200 quid here that I could put towards someone bigger and on like warm-up DJs or DJs around it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why don't I just learn and then I can save money? Yeah. I was also, it was one of those jobs where you're doing everything. I was also the light jockey in the club as well. Right, no way, okay. So I was behind the decks and I was learning the setups and I was saving it a lot. We had quite a lot of laptop DJs mixing in with USBs DJ, and I was like swapping things over. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, like, I remember just sort of mentioning it. And then my brother bought me a DJ course. And I mean, these are some of the funniest six months of my life because he did it with me too. Mm -hmm. He's also a fantastic DJ. And, but I would finish my, so I would work. It was on a Saturday morning, 9am. I mean, who does a DJ course Saturday, (laughs) 9am? Ridiculous. So I would finish work at Mm 4am. I would drive to his at the Isle of Dogs. He would always without a doubt, be pissed up, make it half making my sofa bed and half asleep on it while he made it. <laughs> and then we would get up at eight, so mm-hmm. like a three hours sleep, go there, and we'd be in like this little soundproof room with these decks or vinyl and things would be on loop and it'd be quite funny because he'd be still a little bit drunk yeah. and they would have like the bass and it would just be like a four beat loop to mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. And he'd just forget where he would, he'd just start like partying to this <laughs> and like, do you know what? It really teach me to learn how to multitask. Yeah, yeah. It, like, I think part of the reason I'm so calm in the booth when things are going on is because it just used to annoy me so much. And he'd be there and I'd be trying to listen and I'd be trying to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually made me a better DJ. Yeah. So that was it. I wanted to save money. I wanted to do whatever I could to get into the music industry. Yeah. I never really thought it would get to... I never thought I would enjoy it as much as I did and be as good as I 
well, I mean, that sounds quite cocky, but like, I, I didn't no, think you've, I'd have. You've, got, a, you've just your talent. Yeah, I didn't you think are, I right? would have a talent for it. I think it was just something that I wanted to do at the time because it felt good to save the money at the club, and then it was fun doing something with my brother, and then yeah, it just kind of went from there. Yeah, yeah. And when you were doing that course and learning, did, you know, was it? obviously across all formats so vinyl digital yeah what was your preference did you get on with one i mean i I know everyone always wants to say like they can dj on vinyl and stuff like that and it's like but i can't recommend enough doing a course like that even just little things like they would tape up the screens don't get me wrong now i use the screens i look i'm always looking but i'm looking because i'm utilizing it and how can i then be doing more with more decks of course yeah because obviously it's easier to be looking than to be listening to all four tracks Mm -hmm. but i think just learning that way and also just like dedicating like three four hours a week to learning a new skill Mm -hmm. and we had like tasks so like after I think a month we had to put together our mix and little things like that you don't think about when you want to be a DJ like record box and yeah. how to organize your music where to buy your music like how to folder your music in a way that you're going to understand it mm-hmm. like yeah I wish I, they were called on the rise academy I can't okay. remember them yeah I think they're still going mm-hmm. they were great they were just a couple of lads that hired a space in a block and it was just, yeah, I, I can't recommend doing a course enough or like being taught by someone than just teaching. I know teaching yourself is, is great, but I, I learned a lot from that. It's yeah. definitely made me like the be- the DJ that I am now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, like you, you kind of mentioned there as well about sometimes you can get real kind of vinyl purists who who yeah. um, kind of a bit snooty about digital DJing. But what, the way you've described it is that you know, it allows you to be a lot more creative and use the format to be able to bring lots more to the party. Exactly. You know, in terms of working across a number of decks and all those types of things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you were DJing in this club. Yeah. Um, would you put that down as like a big break or what was your kind of... <laughs> oh, gosh. What would you define as a big break for yourself? Oh, gosh. I just... Actually, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't put down... I've always said to people because like... I get people like DM and say like they want to be a DJ like how do you get into Glitterbox and like I always say if you're if you're playing music in front of people even if it's one person you're a DJ like end of Mm -hmm. and I would never say that there was moments that weren't like big breaks because being able to I was playing in front of people I mean yeah I was playing R&B in Garage (laughs) I mean fantastic I actually think my big break right I used to do you know Brentwood Mm mm-hmm so I got in with a few of like the lads there who ran a night at the Vine. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the Vine anymore, right? But they used to do uh, this Sunday session at the Vine, Bongo Ben, like yeah, that yeah, lot, he's been on the, the Clockwork podcast. Orange lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it it was just I would say that was my big break. I'll never forget the first time I went like Brentwood Girls, mm-hmm. uh, Brentwood Girls, and I'm not really like an, a Towie girl in that respect. Like I probably had, I don't know, some multicolored Air Force Maxes on at the time. And um, it was a very like, if you don't, like everyone knew everyone in that. And I went for my first Sunday and like I walked in and everyone was like assumed, I was just sort of like a bit of a DJ, like, I can say whore, DJ whore. Yeah, can you, you can that? say whatever you want, honestly. I should have said <laughs> like DJ beginning. whore, cause I'm just there hanging around. And then for some reason, the guy who ran it at the time, Steve Taylor mm-hmm. was like, just go on tonight because like, I wasn't meant to go on and I was like you sure and I remember like going on like it was one of those moments like it could be in a film like a cheerleading film where all of a sudden all these girls were like oh, like what like and I smashed it like mm-hmm. I don't know I think it might have been the first time I like play I got to play proper house and stuff mm. but obviously because I've been playing R&B I was like looping in loads of R&B stuff I would say that was my big break and then from then on like people it used to become a thing and people would be excited that I was going and I would play and I would say that was my big break not in terms of like from an outsider perspective of oh that you're playing at a little bar in the vine but in terms of me thinking wow Mm -hmm. I can do this and like I can make people dance and I'm good I'm a DJ Mm -hmm. so yeah I would say that that was my big break which is so funny the vine in Brentwood (laughs) shout out if you're still going (laughs) (laughs) we've got to start somewhere right yeah you know you talk there about kind of bringing in like loops and things like that and you know you from all the footage I've seen if you play you're you're often across three four decks you know bringing acapellas looping stuff up chopping things together you know is that something that you 
taught yourself or inspired by or did you have anyone you looked to and I don't know I'm trying to think like when that all started Mm. I think like when I got my first wild corner Ibiza set and I knew that I was going to be like being watched Mm -hmm. and I like I'm quite self-conscious person and like I'm I couldn't bear the thought of just like playing a track and then like dancing yeah and so I think it just kind of happened like a lot of the acapellas I play aren't acapellas they're just I'll just find a track I'll loop it and I'll bring everything else out which is why sometimes it doesn't work (laughs) which is funny because I love it when it doesn't work in the mix because then it's like authentic and I have to like bring it out and it didn't work yeah um and I think it was just that first set so that was like 2019 I don't think I was looping and doing much before then and Mm. I think it was purely because people were watching me yeah. and I felt and it, it was a four hour set because I was playing before Honey Dijon and she was late mm. and but you know that room fills up like yeah, an instant yeah, yeah. and I was just so aware of like everyone around me watching me and I just wanted to do something mm-hmm. so I kind of just happened and then now it's just like yeah my thing like now it's become I have to be careful because sometimes I'm like just let a song play like because yeah. it does get annoying like I know it gets annoying they like trust me but it's like an OCD and then I'm like just just leave it you did a loop like 10 seconds ago you don't need another one but yeah I think it was just a natural thing from not from wanting to be visible and DJing yeah I mean in that room as well like you say it can be so intense that people are very very close to you yeah yeah and if you're very kind of self-conscious like you say you don't want to just like what you're gonna there. do yeah like no I can't and I'm I just like Weirdly, I'm not the best dancer. So, yeah. DJs so. don't dance, right? They no, just, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you, when you're when you're selecting tunes, um, you know, it's not always upfront stuff you're playing. You know, you're taking in stuff that was before, you know, you've kind of mentioned your gateway was EDM, but you're playing music that's from before that era as well. Yeah. Do you kind of pride yourself in being able to create dig and look back and pl- bring in things that, you know, people are going to recognise? Yeah, my favourite thing to do is cross the line between like cheese and not cheese, which I know is like at the minute quite a big hot topic. I think someone just played like a Lion King edit or something and it's like everyone's like, whoa, it's gone too far. But my favorite thing is to like find tracks where you're like, this is, this is like, this is, this will make people remember and it's still borderline cool. Like this year, my track for me was Kylie Minogue, Better the Devil You Know. I yeah. can't, when I listened, it was, I was asleep in bed and my alarm came on, it was magic and they played it and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like the instrumentals on this mm-hmm. is amazing. And then I'm so excited to play it. And it's like, you, and then people were like, assuming you're playing an edit and it's like, no, this is the original. Yeah. Like it's my favorite thing to do. But you do have to be very careful when you're doing that because obviously you do like build a rep of only playing like the cheesy stuff. But mm. I just think just as long as you're finding the line and that is my favorite thing is to dig and find the tracks. I mean, I feel like, is there any more? I feel like I've the last the last three world corner sets took it all out of me, but <laughs> there's always some. But like I play very different to where I am as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm at a glitter box party, like, I'm not going to play Kylie Minogue better the devil we know like as in if it's like an actual not the wild corner but it's like because obviously I know my job and what I'm doing Mm. so I like to also dig for things that just have a similar sound yeah that's also another way of doing it like finding familiar sounding songs Mm -hmm. that aren't Kylie Minogue yeah but (laughs) could be and yeah playing those yeah and when you're digging like how do you do that is it what formats do you use I don't know what I don't like what it kind of just like I'll watch I'll be watching a program Mm -hmm. and there'll be a soundtrack on it Mm -hmm. and then that'll send me off on a spin or I'll be listening to magic and they'll play Kylie Minogue and then that'll send me off on a spin and then like I don't really sit and like try and dig it's like I'll get uh, something will pop into my life and then it'll I mean, obviously, I'm really lucky that I work in Defected in the offices. We're all talking about music all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've just come from a festival with like a hundred artists playing. Like, I'm a big Shazammer. Yeah. Which is like, I get told off sometimes because it's songs that apparently everyone knows, and I'm really uncool. <laughs> and I'm there like Shazamming, and it's like I don't know one of our like key releases. I'm like, well, I'm a bit. I'm big into Shazamming. Yeah. I'd say that's how I dig. I, I don't sit and like look. I Shazam and I like just keep my ears open and. I get inspiration from like the weirdest things. Like, have you heard the new, have you watched the new White Lotus season two? No, I've only just watched right. the first one. The intro track is like 
an absolute belter. Yeah. I just, it's so good. Yeah. It's like, I'm just obsessed with it. And that's like, it's very bicepy actually. And then that's given me some inspo for like, if I <laughs> ever actually finish any production. But things like that will happen. I'll yeah, just be course. watching a program and yeah, I'll get some inspo. Yeah, and there's nothing like sometimes I'm frightened of like looking through my Shazam and then oh, the next thing I know, two hours later, I haven't done any like proper work. On, yeah, just I've gone Shazamming. Down the whole of Discogs and SoundCloud. Yeah, because yeah, when you find like an artist and then the Spotify, like the similar sounding ones now, mm-hmm. is like an absolute nightmare because you can yeah. just go like off on one yeah. for hours. Yeah. It's great though. Yeah, it's awesome. And like when you are digging in that sense and going further back, you often find like, like you know, the better better the devil you know instrumental or something like that yeah you find that there were tracks like oh there's a different mix of this on this b-side or something yeah and it becomes like a thing you can use yeah 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 i mean what does it um so you kind of mentioned that you're looking for songs that sound kind of similar and things like that in terms of putting tracks into your record box and in your sets what does what do they have to have for you what kind of elements do they do you look for i mean it's very like different it depends it so depends on where i'm playing if i'm playing like as katie goodman mm-hmm. separate to a glitter box event or like a wild corner set where it's a bit like you can get away with some fun stuff then it has to have like an element of uh i always think of it as is this the kind of song where i'd turn around to my mate and go should we go and get a drink now or yeah. like do you want to go to the toilet yeah and i try and like give myself maybe like one out of every like seven of the songs I play being that kind of song. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll listen to it in that respect and be like, would I go to the toilet during this song? <laughs> and then I'll pick like a hand for you. But then if it's like um, a warm-up glitter box set, I would think like I would, I want it to be the kind of track where the, you don't really notice the music. It's good. Mm-hmm. And you're walking in and you're like at the bar and it's like, it's not noticeable, but it's good. Yeah. And I'll listen for songs like that where it's just like, a nice track not enough to stand out enough but enough to just be like a mood setting and also I mean if we're being honest if there's going to be like people there that I work with or like the cooler people here Mm -hmm. I'm obviously going to make sure I play some of our releases or like things that are cool yeah Yeah. in quotation marks because (laughs) like you've got to like play the game sometimes yeah and you say all the people that you work with do you feel a a pressure to is there like a lot of competitive spirit here in terms of a good in a good competitive way i would say so but i'd also say it's very just wholesome it's just Mm. like we're all like everyone loves defected everyone loves the releases obviously now you've seen downstairs we've got our own studio inside Mm -hmm. so pretty much all of our releases that we we release records that we release (laughs) But the artists come in here first and then it's like, yeah, I would say less competitive and more just like there's room for everyone and everyone wants the company to do well and just full circle moments. So, yeah. 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 And I just want to talk about um, when you are playing like those fun tracks in a set and finding something that could, you know, it could be a bit risky. Yeah. Um, Is that nerve wracking? Have you ever played something and been like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have Yeah, I was going to bring in... um, Bingo players, I know, caught up in the middle. I was so close to bringing it in in the middle of, uh, 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 you know the one I mean, yeah. the uh, the one that everyone's playing right now for some reason, probably because they heard it in my world corner set. I reckon, you know, <laughs> it's like you know. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I was so close. I had it in the breakdown. You can probably, I've got, I'll put the mix up so you can listen. Mm. And I was so close. And then in my ear, I'd cut all the other music and listen to it. And I was like, you can't do that. That's awful. <laughs> Do not do that. Bring it straight back out. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a moment where I've really, really brought in something bad. Oh. Do you know the moment you've done it? Oh my God, yeah, but I loved this. I played Egg After Party. This was a mental day. I did three three gigs in one day. Mm -hmm. It was unreal. Like, Eastern Electrics, a festival up north, came back down and did the Egg After Party. And I, by that point, I mean, I'm just done. I'm seven hours deep into DJing. I've gone, gone for every track I know. I mean, egg, for God's sake. I'm like, if there's anywhere to not be Glitterbox, this is it. And I played, what's that trance song? Oh, Touch Me in the Morning. Oh, yeah, Rue de Silva. And I felt outrageous and I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. Like, it was just like, what am I doing? Like, the OG as well, Mm. if you listen to it, and that Mm -hmm. and playing with knives back to back, I think, I went on like a bit of a trancey. Trancy ten minutes and Danielle was my best friend at one point. I think she was like, "You you need to you need to stop now. Can you play <laughs> some um, 
like can you play some like Dave Lee or something or like and I was like yeah okay I think I then went into like first choice I could show you <laughs> but that was really really fun touch I'd love to play that song a lot more it's so good it's so good it's so good it's such a yeah. just, like I've re- I've been playing that other trance one quite a lot lately uh oh I can't think about it now but there, there's one where you can get away with it mm. a lot more whereas touch me is really really hardcore trance yeah yeah great though I mean that sound is kind of coming back in a little yeah. bit of a way yeah I mean what is what is glitter box anymore what is disco anymore mm-hmm. like just yeah I think you can get away with most things especially at 4am at egg <laughs> why not <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, I mean, it, like it's always said, there's no, there's no such thing as guilty pleasure. It's just pleasure, right? Yeah. You know, if you shouldn't definitely a hundred percent to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your own productions. Ever getting th- anything finished oh, off? What's gosh. What's the status of you producing so, your own stuff? I mean, stuff? me and my brother, right? We invest. We just love it. My brother's really good at it. Mm-hmm. Like really, really good. The problem is, right? Like in this day and age. You can't do anything without a social media following. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Like even BBC introducing, if you want to send a track, you have to send like your Instagram handles and your <sighs> websites. And it's just so difficult because yeah. like, I have the time to make songs, mm-hmm. but I don't have the time to market myself as a new person because it wouldn't be like Glitterbox because in my opinion with disco music, it should always be authentically done like with instruments yep. and, mm-hmm. Okay, we do have some really good new disco records actually on that, but like I personally wouldn't want to get involved with trying to make a disco record when like I, I'm not doing it authentically. Mm. Um, and then with the house stuff, like I'd have to like obviously reinvent it and I think it will happen. I will do it. It's just, I'm doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'd, it's just a matter of time, I'm sure. We yeah. have the name, we have the brand, we have the records. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's all on me, really. To it's just so hard because nowadays, like with releasing music, it's like fifty percent the record, and then I'm not even. It's like forty percent the actual record, and sixty percent everything else around yeah. it. Yeah. And I work at a record label, so I know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many good songs out there that will never get heard or never get anywhere because there's so much smoke and mirror involved in it. And I think maybe like, yeah, I'm a little bit resentful, so I'm like not getting on board with it. And I think eventually I will just like get off my high horse and create an Instagram page. (laughs) But for now I'm too busy being that like old grandma in the corner, like it's not fair, you can't just be good at anything nowadays. (laughs) So yeah, it will happen, watch this space. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. You mentioned like being a grandma or something like that. I did read on your resident advisor, they describe oh you as oh a my middle-aged gosh. No, this is right. I can't believe it's still up. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. So we, <laughs> sorry, I can't, but this is, up, no, I, I know I need, I can't believe it's still up. They still haven't taken it down, have they? This was a joke. <laughs> right. Like middle-aged selector, selector was a joke. Yeah. I was like, the PR girl here was writing it for me and I made a joke about it, mm. about like, I was like, I'm not young anymore though, am I? Like, I'm not like 18, 19. And they found it funny because they're older than me and they were like, you're 29, like that's young. Yeah. So then we made this joke of middle-aged selector. And then I'll tell you a really funny story. I was at Ministry of Sound with Jamie 326, right? Mm-hmm. And we're in the smoking area and he's chatting to me and he's asking me all these weird questions like about my skin routine, (laughs) about like, like, like how I look so good. And I'm like, it's a bit weird. Like what's going on here? And he was like, I hope you don't mind me asking, but like, how old are you? Yeah. And I was like, I'm 29. And he was like, what? (laughs) And he's like, I thought you were like mid forties. Yeah. And he was like, and I was like, what do you mean you thought that? And then he, that's the first time I found this out. I can't believe I haven't taken it down. And he said, I've read your bio and it said middle-aged lecture. And I thought, God damn, you look so good. Like he thinks I'm like 45, like looking like this. And that's how I found out about that bio. And I st- and they still haven't taken it down. It's so outrageous. I need, I can't believe it's up. That's so bad of me. So yeah, I'm not a middle-aged selector. No, I was kind of taken aback a bit when I first read it. Yeah, it does follow up with extraordinary energy. So yeah, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, imagine thinking I'm 45. (laughs) I need to, that's, that actually, I need to just, I need to write that down. Make a note. Because that is outrageous. (laughs) All right, all right. Okay. I've just been in an interview and this has come up. It's still up. I'm not middle-aged. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the pressures that you put yourself through, 
um like physically emotionally you know it's obviously it's it's, it's hard work being a dj especially traveling around and all yeah. the commitments that you have to have mm. um you've just come back from defected in croatia yes um you know we were talking on on whatsapp before the interview about like how broken you felt absolutely it. broken croatia for us is like obviously you know in this office we've got a lot of people that are djs and staff and we, it's a very like um jack of all like no one has one job there's mm-hmm. not one person in this office that has one job and in croatia it's like it become it's like sas camp for this this label <laughs> i mean this year was so different because there was like what i mean like 70 of us mm. like when i first started here we were on the top floor six years ago there was 30 of us yeah. i mean and now that there's like 90 or 100 and we own two floors and this fest this year was was very different mm. um but it's a six-day festival where the music starts at 2 p.m. and finishes at 6 a.m. across wow. three stages, an after-party, and there is an after-after party, which isn't actually official. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. You've got a thousand-yard stare in your eye just thinking back to it, I can see. <sighs> and obviously it's great because it's like the community's there, but it's just mm. even if you're not working, you're talking, and it's... Uh, it's amazing. Have you, you? I'm guessing you've never. No, been. I've not been. No, I mean it looks. It's wild. Incredible. Yeah, I mean it is the best. I'm not even being biased. It is. Mm. I went when I was a fan in 2016, 15, the year before I started here, and it is like a game changer. And then my first year was like the best week of my life. Like just yeah. unbelievable. It's one. It's just like it's so the crowd mm-hmm. and. Like the D, every DJ's there because they love the company, and they every there isn't one DJ that comes for their set and leaves. Yeah. Everyone stays a couple of nights. Yeah, and it's just um, a real coming together of like the house world. Like that sounds a bit cheesy, but it's what it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's no denying it's six days, six nights, and we do a pre-party on the Wednesday. Like, what can you do with that? <laughs> there's no coming out of that alive. <laughs> like, there's no way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm on the Croatia downer at the minute. It's been a week. We got home a week yesterday. Oh. Yeah, and you've had gigs in between then. The as well. Saturday, yeah, I played yeah. just around the corner. Mm. That was that was a lot because I, I felt like Saturday morning I just got there, I just got back to normal because Thursday night I slept for like twenty hours. It wow. was wild. Yeah, and then Friday I think I slept for like sixteen hours, and I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm ready. And then I was playing like twelve till two a.m. and I was like, oh no. <laughs> And now it's just been a mess again all week. Here we so, go again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the what's so the crowd? Like, I've read so much about it. I've seen so many footage. The crowd yeah. is like oh, people always talk about that. That everyone's there for the music. And yeah. It's not necessarily people, you know, uh, like wanting to post it on their socials or with phones no, out and things like that. Is that a different just, vibe? And I think because of the site, it's such a special site. You've got the beach. You've got the water. You've got the boats. Oh, the boats four boats every day six days how many boats is that 20 boats wait nah don't that's 24 yeah six twelve eight yeah. i'm a dj not a mathematician okay you just count to four that's all you do um yeah i get lost after four um it's like it's there's so much going on that it's like becomes more than just like you know when you go a friend it feels a bit like you get to the point where you're like why am i doing this yeah. it's like a you wake up and you're like, come on, you've got to get through this. You've got to get there. And it's like, it's like, you just like, why am I doing this? And it's like, a, but there it's almost like, a, you know what? If I just want to sit here mm. with a beer, like, and not party today and just like chill, I will. I guess that's why it's so magical that it's six days. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I as a customer, I guess that's the, the silver lining of it being a week long festival is like, you've got the time to not have to just constantly be going in. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so special because you don't have like the really messy people and you don't have like the really like broken people. And it's mm-hmm. just like a really good energy all round. And like all of the DJs want to get involved with the fans. So the fans love it. Yeah. And the music's amazing. This year, especially actually was very good. We had like a lot of people playing a lot of different things. What yeah. was a highlight for you? We actually, highlight wasn't actually a music thing. Okay. We, um, we've been spending about a year working on this thing uh, with Kiddie Smile, a whacking competition. So whacking is like, Obviously, most people have heard of voguing and the ballroom scene, and mm-hmm. whacking is kind of a bit more of a friendlier version. Okay. So, where voguing is done in houses and it's competing against each other, whacking is still competing against each other, but in a more like a communal and collective way. Okay. Um, and 
So we've been working really hard to organize a whacking battle mm. on site, which involved 40 participants from around the world right. flown in and done in a true style that they would do it in their tr in like the whacking culture. Yeah. Um, it was phenomenal. <laughs> to be honest, like the DJ, the music element of it blew my mind because the DJs, are, it's almost like a like hip hop or like MCing kind of style where it's like, it's not a song played out, it's like, a it'll be very jumpy and then yeah. there's an MC and it's like, it it was it was amazing. We've got footage on Glitterbox Instagram, definitely recommend watching. And it was just like so cultural and wholesome and different and yeah, seeing like different communities coming together mm. and introducing something to like people that had no idea it existed. That was a highlight for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And uh, you, you know, being part of that crew, um, you've supported, you've mentioned Honey Dijon, uh, Derek Carter, Dimitri from Paris. Uh, you've even warmed up for the legendary Sarone at Coco oh recently. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I mean, tell us about even maybe one of those moments or about a moment where you've thought oh my god you know this is this has taken me to the next level it's really elevated my career and I what think I'm doing. it's got to be so funny story when I first started here because we have to be very careful of finding people that don't want to just be a DJ mm -hmm. um like obviously it's important but if you're here and you've got a job to do you've got to be like skilled at the day job as well and stuff like that and yeah. I remember when I first started like they were really really hot on trying to like separate it out and Simon was like if you take this marketing job like you cannot that's it you're you will not DJ that's the end of that right and um I really thought it was like put to bed mm. and then they put me on the Croatia lineup that year because it was just like well because they every it was like one of those times and I played like the last day beach stage set Tuesday mm. it was dead like no one was there mm -hmm. and I thought Do you know what like I'm sick of house music like it's been six days of house music four to the floor yeah. and I had this old like soulful playlist from maybe like a brunch warm-up <laughs> with like Ghetto Superstar and uh -huh. Stevie Wonder and all that stuff and I played it. Mm. And Yaz, his wife, was working at the D store stand miles away, nowhere near it, but they had speakers. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know who this is, but it's the best set I've heard all week. And um, that's, I don't know where I've got off from, completely off topic, but that was how yeah. I got signed. So then I got signed from that. Uh -huh. And my, for some reason they decided well, firstly, that it was a smart move because I could work and play at the same events. And we had our first New York <laughs> Glitterbox event, yeah, which yeah. is expensive event. This is oh. like five years ago. So we're still new. Mm. And they were like, you're going to go work New York and you're going to play. And I was like, what? Incredible. I was like, okay. And um, oh, it was mate. Like I, Dimitri from Paris was after me. Mm -hmm. uh, my USB that night, I put it in and it said something about that none of the songs had been, oh, they'd shit. all been, um, sim they'd all been like downloaded in band mode. Oh God. So the BPM wouldn't lock. Right. So it was just jumping about all over the place, which was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it filled up so quickly, but it was, and then Dimitri turned up so early, which I can't believe because yeah. it, it's such a sm like small booth and he mm. was just there behind me for 15 <laughs> minutes. But that was like amazing. I remember being like, and even just like you, you land and then you got your name on the House of Yes flyer and the, yeah. yeah, that was that was probably one of those moments that I won't forget, I don't think. Yeah, do you ever, do you ever get starstruck with meeting any of these, these people uh, that might be heroes to you? Well, I was such a super fan when I first started that like I actually got sat down and told that I need to like calm down <laughs> and like it stuck with me forever. I, they were like, you, you work for the company and I like you're in it. You yeah. can't be like asking for autographs. <laughs> but you know what used to get me more than meeting people mm. was the dinners. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, we'd go to some fancy dinners. Yeah. Like the first big DJs I think we met because it was 2017, Camel Fat were a big part of our company because yeah. of cola. And for some reason I ended up going out for dinner with like them and Wes, who's now our CEO mm. and the A&R manager at the time. And I just remember like all like, I remember my brother messaging me, asking me questions to ask them. But all I could think about was the food. It was like this steak restaurant and it was like just unbelievable. And yeah. the sides that were being ordered. <laughs> so I get starstruck about the restaurant. <laughs> no, of course I used to like, mm. um, and yeah, like you still have to pinch yourself and be like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, but you obviously do become a bit more like everyone's just a human being. Of course, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 
but I'm not too cool to be excited about meeting people. I'm trying to think who's, who have I met recently where I've been like, whoa. Oh, do you know what? A little one. Josh Butler came in the other day. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was so embarrassing. He's been like, on the podcast. Has he? Yes. Yeah, all yeah. I could think about was got a feeling. Like, why would I say that? I've all this, like, why? And I went, oh, yeah. I really, like, really, like, got a feeling. And then I think I hummed a bit of it. I was like, oh, for God's sake. Like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, do you know what? It does still happen. Yeah, yeah. Why did I bring that in? <laughs> like, all oh, right, yeah, that one. I haven't heard that a million times. No, he's a super nice guy. He's a really, really nice, nice guy. guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think he was uh, one that... Um, he reached out to us, I think, and said that he'd listened to the show and wanted oh, to get wow. involved. And like his mu- like his mum was his biggest fan, and she got oh she gosh. she was listening to the show and leaving us comments and stuff. That's as well. really good. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I like lo- yeah, yeah. So, so I still get a little bit starstruck. I think it's just because I saw him, and it took me straight back to like that that era, the best mm-hmm. era, the era we all think about. Let's be honest, the 2012, like <laughs> Duke Jamont, Josh Butler. Oh my God, Sankey's. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was more that than him. Than him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm like, it's funny. Um, just mentioned Josh Butler's mum, but a little birdie has told me that your mum is your biggest fan. Oh, she is my true. biggest fan. <laughs> She's really funny because she wants me to be this absolute superstar, mm. and I'm always like, Mum, I'm happy with like what. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that would be pretty happy with the gigs that I've had. She's like, No, I just want you to be like famous, and I'm like, Mum, just like be happy with it. And she's really funny. She wants to be my man. I might actually let her be my manager soon. To be honest, one day she's retiring soon. Well, the momager. I reckon she could take it, but she is. She is a big fan. Although she did say that I played a bit too hard this year in the Wild Corner. (laughs) She she prefers the 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 more discoy stuff, and I was like, I literally played Kylie Minogue for you, (laughs) Mum. She's like, yeah, but. Just get some Northern Soul on for you. (laughs) Exactly. She'll never clue. (laughs) Bless her. She's great. That's hilarious. The um, so uh, to to kind of go back to Ibiza and Wild Corner and things like that. You know, obviously you've played all over the island at different clubs. Would you? What would you say is the best energy for you on the dance floor? Is it the Wild? Oh, Corner? Oh, it's the Wild Corner, like yeah. without a doubt. Either that or that New York party was pretty special, mm. or the Eastern. No, but there's nothing like the Wild Corner. The Wild Corner is like. It's just this space where you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Like you're like if you've got the crowd, there's this moment like with all the sets that I've done there where I look up and I'm like, you you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're all here. It's us. It's me, you lot for the next three hours. I've got some treats and we're just gonna have a real good time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If I could just play in that room and never anywhere else ever again, even if it was like once, twice a year. I would do it because it's just it's such it's just such a special room and like I have seen it where it's not actually people think it's just because of the room I've seen it where it's been a bit flat Mm. so when like you do have it special and you have got the like energy right it's just like it's magical and then you can drop in what you want and yeah yeah, it's good it's my you can't beat the world corner it's the best room ever and whereabouts is a venue either in Ibiza or in the world or wherever that you maybe haven't played that you would love to play? Mm. Coco was one of them. Mm-hmm. When they turned that into a club, I was like, I need to play there. That looked so incredible as it well. It was mad. That must have been crazy looking out. I had no idea it was going to be that busy. Yeah. I think I had to play a bit longer as well. Someone was running late. Mm. Um, and it was like a French lineup. So I was like, I'd, odd that I was on it and it was just crazy busy and so much fun. Um, anywhere else? I've got a taste of the big stages at Eastern Electrics and I would love that. Mm-hmm. But I'm more of a small venue kind of girl. Yeah. Like, give me like a little basement space. There's this new club. We were doing a pre-party there in, in where Bora Boy used to be. Uh, it's Playa Soleil. It's, it's a beach restaurant. Mm-hmm. But they haven't, I don't know if they've announced it yet or if they've opened it yet, but they've got this tiny little club back that, in the back that they're going to start opening because of the sound restrictions. Yeah. So when it gets to like 11, they're going to open that and then close all the doors. I mean, that looks like it's going to be like naughty like I really and I was I said to them I was like please like please book me I need to play there yeah I'm more of like a just a small and like intimate like when you've got this crowd and you're like all in it for the next few hours and mm-hmm. like I know what songs I've got and I know that they're gonna love it and it's like that's my favorite vibe yeah when you're there and you're looking at the crowd in the eye yeah um, are there any like when you know we spoke to so many DJs and when they're in that kind of intimate environment sometimes they'll just pick one person and be like I'm playing well it's hard because my mum and my brother and Danielle <laughs> are always there do you know what I mean so it's like my brother's a nightmare like because if I get a mix wrong, I can see his face and I'm like, oh, there was a few in the wild corner that were a bit rough. Yeah. I was getting a bit too excited, a bit too much Prosecco and I saw his face out of the corner. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but actually, my first, my first 
New York, there was like this this group of girls that just kept like, I mean, this was like five years ago, just kept being like, they were like, oh my God, a girl behind the deck. Like, I just can't believe it. And like, mm. I got them all in the booth in the end and like ended up spending the night with them and stuff. That was fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you do, you pick, you pick, you pick a few people, but it's hard because my mum's always there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at her. Do you get your mum in the booth? <laughs> yeah, she loves it. Although she's, she's more of a, she likes being on the dance floor. Okay. Yeah, she okay. likes being stuck in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the mix. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned there about uh, you know a girl behind the decks or whatever. I don't, I don't want to make like the podcast about like of course, that. Yeah, but you know, do you find that there's a different reaction from males and females to to a female DJ? Um, yeah, I mean, the amount of times that people think I'm like a tour manager or something, or mm. I mean, the classic you, you that was really good for a girl, but. It's, <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? Being the token girl got me signed. And Mm. if you can use it and roll with it and then do things with it, why not? And I don't really get it as much anymore. Like, I think that has passed. It's really difficult because even like just looking at lineups now and people say it's still there's not enough girls out there. And it's like, it's hard to know if like are there or is it just that like girls didn't go into it because it was a man's world. So it's like, is it that people aren't booking enough girls or is it that there's just not enough girls that went into it to begin with? So I'm kind of like a bit more like on, on the fence with it all, but I don't really think any more you get, I think actually it's positive things. You get girls that are just really happy to see a girl in the booth. I think that's probably more it as opposed to negatives or like, like people assuming you're not the DJ. Yeah, it's definitely more, especially at the smaller gigs, girls being excited about seeing a girl in the booth. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. And, you know, and push on the, like, the next generation, you know what I mean? Exactly, not just a DJ, but to do things that where you normally see a man standing there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that wasn't me. That was my elbow on the table, if <laughs> you can worry. hear that on the mic. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> cool, uh, I'll, I'll keep that in if, it's, if it picked it up. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, what's what's next for you in your career, do you think? Where, where, where do you see yourself in five years' time? In five years' time, it's tricky, because as you know, like I work for the label. It's mm. always a very headbutting battle because I love Glitterbox as a whole, and it's kind of become an entity of me, and it's like it's like as much of the DJ and as much as like just the like label itself. When I started, it was like just me and then um, the creative director, Amanda, and it's mm. it's like still pretty much just us. But this project with my brother, I really want to get started mm-hmm. really bad. Like, especially just because the stuff he's making at the minute, like I'm around music all the time and I hear his stuff and I'm like, that is just equally as good as what I hear, mm-hmm. if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to really pull the finger out and just get my head down. That's something I really want to do, the sideline project. I want to see Glitterbox through. Like, Glitterbox is a part of me. It's our 10th year next year. Wow, I didn't realise it was Madness. Yeah, I've been crazy. here for six of them. And I would say that, like, the label is more important to me right now than mm. the DJing. But at the same time, I'm getting all these exciting gigs where I get to just be Katie Goodman and... I get to go and do things that are like separate from Glitterbox. Mm. And so I guess everything is the yeah. answer all <laughs> at once. Just like, <laughs> I really need to streamline my decisions. I'm all over the place at the minute. It could be the Croatia downer. Well, look, I mean, you know, once you get that um, project up and running with your brother, you know, yeah. we're here, we'd love to talk to you. Yes. About well, it, the idea is, because we've got to build the social media, is to put on a party mm-hmm. because when we mix together, it is fun. Like we are good. We are great. We've got like... He's better at the track selections. And okay. I'm better at the calmness in the booth and the mixing. Yeah. And we could easily do an all night long, bring it just all of his mates, mm-hmm. all of my mates, mm-hmm. just hire a space, get some media down, build a page from that. Yeah. And I guess that's the first the first step. So I will let you know. Yeah. And maybe this time in five years, you'll be talking to me and my brother as Andy's sister, which is the name. Okay. And we'll be rehashing this where I was talking about how we were going to be famous and we'll be like, I don't know, the next... God, I can't think of anyone. Fred again. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah, yeah. Indeed. And Glitterbox would be amazing, obviously, uh-huh. global, and I would have helped achieve it. And so, yeah. Well, it's good. You, you manifested this oh, so far. So, I know. Yeah. That is true. I do think that, but I think sometimes I'm like, I hang on to the fact that my dream came true really early and then I've sort of coasted ever since. <laughs> 
you got to get to middle age first, right? Oh, I feel like literally I was like, I think I, my dreams came true too fast. <laughs> like literally all I dreamt about from like 15 was working for this company. Like mm. I remember just like seeing Simon. I remember my first year in Croatia when I went as a fan, he, all the staff were on our coach and he called them all off. He was like, I need all the defected staff off for a photo. And I stood up and I was like, not this year, but next year. Mm. And then it happened, which is amazing. But yeah. also it's like, it happened and then I kind of just sort of coasted with it. <laughs> I'm like, job done, dreams came true, over now. <laughs> so yeah, it's time to definitely um, go for some new dreams. Push I think. the dream forward. Push, push, the, push the dreams forward, yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. Awesome, yeah. well, we can't wait to see what happens next, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, you know, we've been talking for, for long enough to get to the point where we're here to oh, the playlist now, yeah. so. This is the uh, House Culture Perfect playlist. It obviously lives on Spotify. Yes. Um, every single guest has submitted tracks to uh, this playlist Amazing. based on different themes. So, nice. yeah, it's over 30 hours long. It's just a Very eclectic, I imagine. Massively eclectic. Obviously, the themes are a bit eclectic. So, yeah, yeah there's some real random stuff in there. Oh, yeah. Um, Gosh, even if you put shuffle. the five I chose, it's like... <laughs> what a what a party i'm actually gonna listen to that all afternoon yeah no it's a good listen but okay. yeah you might get a few kind of like wow what, what's this or nah, i love i'm into liquid whatever. drum and bass i'm into everything <laughs> i've crossed the line that's it it's everything that's it. see what you find um yeah. okay so we always start off with a catalyst yes. um do you want me to remind you what you've chosen or can you remember i think i can remember i can okay. definitely remember this one it was the first song that came into my head yeah which, so, is, which is by all means the one you should choose, right? Otto knows Million Voices. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anyone wants to sit there and tell me this isn't a banger, it they, is a banger. They're lying. Yeah. You can't, if you cannot, eh, 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 like if you can't envision yourself on someone's shoulders or having someone on your shoulders mm -hmm. to this track, don't know what you were doing in 2011, but you clearly weren't living life right. Yeah. So I had to put it in there because it was just definitely. If I think, if I close my eyes and I think back to me being in a proper club and just like having it off and thinking I love house music <laughs> or dance music because it wasn't really house, yeah, that was it. So yeah, also knows Million Voices, a tune. Well, absolutely, yeah, it deserves its place in the playlist. Um, a floor filler, a kind of go-to floor so, filler. So I mean, I did do this because I felt like I needed to do a little bit of like me bringing in some of my work and my current life. Uh -huh. But also, it is amazing. I can't believe I didn't play it in the world corner. So floor plan, we give the honour. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot on classic music company as well. Mm -hmm. uh, floor plan is one of our artists, and this is just absolute. I mean, floor plan are belters anyway. Yeah. And yeah, this is it's just so good. It's like gospel meets house. Mm -hmm. um, I can't believe I didn't play it in the world corner. I feel like it's because my mum was there, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I saw her eyes and I was like, she's not gonna like this one. But I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's yeah. just real fun. And yeah, it's great. It's great. And just picking up on that bit there about how when you've done a gig or played a set or whatever, do you sometimes come away and think, oh, I wish I'd played that? Or, yeah, or in the moment, definitely. If you always feel like you've succeeded? No, I definitely it? always wish I'd played more of our releases. Like, I, just, I don't know why. Like, we push so hard for artists to play them and they're so good. And then, yeah, I come away and I'm like, what? Well, there's like three new Glitterbox tracks that no one's heard of yet. I think it's really, that's the problem though. It's hard to get like caught with the familiar. Yeah. Like, this is why I'm annoyed with the Wild Corner. Once you've got them locked in, you can drop some things that they don't know. Yeah. But you get so, it's like, it's like a, it's like such a high when like, you're dropping Dreamer and everyone knows the words. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. I wish, yeah, my only wish is that I play more, but I will, like Dream Valley, I'm playing next week, um, middle of the afternoon, and I'll definitely, it'll just be, I won't, it'll, back, it'll be back to back, upcoming releases yeah. and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I do wish I played some more of our own stuff sometimes. You can do that next time. Next um, time. Yeah, okay, so a Sunsetter, perfect track for a Great Bonner fan, Baby I'm Yours, and I can't believe, so they were closing Barbarella's this year which is a sunrise open set yep. and I like I know the boy as well and they didn't play that as the sunrise track and I was like <laughs> what is what and they promised me they were going to and I was there with my phone I had the video man at the back ready I've got thumbs up and then they cut at six and I was like what I mean it's a track yeah it's so stunning um they actually got <laughs> they're really funny boys and at Ministry of Sound they were very drunk and um, we got them a mic and Earth, who's the voice Earth fan, he sung it live, which was funny and great. It's just a beautiful track, isn't it's it? It's absolutely beautiful, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. love it, one of my favorites. It makes me feel good inside. 
Good. And something that might make you feel good inside or not is a tearjerker. So what have you chosen? Oh, here? I chose churches. Didn't I? Do uh-huh. you know what? I would change that now. Oh, right. Okay. Only right as of today. Yeah. Why not? So I've been listening to a lot of liquid drum and bass. Yeah. I'm going through like, do you know what it feels like? It's very exciting. Do you know when you love DDM and you find Deep House? Yeah. <laughs> kind of feels like that, right? Yeah. It was only from running. So I started doing this charity campaign at the start of year and I was running quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And the pace of liquid drum and bass is fantastic. It's like, like perfect um got in it through that and then me and my brother were like i think we like it a bit more and we started listening to it out of the running not the scary stuff yeah yeah and we've been wanting to go to our first drum and bass event like but we're too scared because it gets scary (laughs) when it goes jungly and all the mcs are out you're like oh no we can stop um but hospitality in the woods is this Mm -hmm. saturday right Mm -hmm. and we are going so all week i've been listening to like the the big liquid boys that are going to be there yeah. So Sub Focus aren't going to be there, but mm. there's a few people they've done their album with. And there's this song called Sub Focus, I Found You, on their new album. Yeah. Oh, man, it just, it does, it makes me feel things. I've Every morning this week, because I've been on the Croatia downer, I've been going through a little bit of a heartbreak as well. Right. So I've just been waking up and I've just been whacking this song on. It's just a shame because it's only three minutes on Spotify. They haven't released the extended version. <laughs> so it's got to be Sub Focus, I Found You now. And it's just, yeah, being the, it just, if you don't, if someone tells me they don't like drum and bass, yeah. which I would have done last year, this time last year, you listen to that song and you tell me you don't like it, you you haven't got ears. Well, it's good to get that some of that stuff into the playlist. Put to be it right in yeah. there. Yeah. Sub focus. Yeah, yeah. I found you. Great banger. We'll check it Tear out. Tearjerker. Good choice. Uh, okay, so a last tune. It's the end of the night. Crowd are asking for one more. You did give me two choices. I did give you two, and then you said pick the one. one that has a memory or like put. And so I went with Stevie One to sign till deliver because. Mm. Uh, last year, Wild Corner, um, I it went on for uh, like a very long time. I was meant to finish at five, and it was uh, ten to six, and I had to stop. Like we'd gone on as long as we could. The club was the whole club was closing, which yeah. never happens. Yeah. And then I switched off the music, but everyone was like, "There's quite a." I don't know. My mum got so into it though; she didn't get the bloody moment I played it. She's got everyone going one more song, one more song, and then she cuts out because she gets too excited. But I then, for some reason, I mean, I was going through so many USBs that night. I don't know what was going on. Mm. It was just there. It was like I don't know why. I don't know what folder it was in. I don't know why I've got Stevie Wonder signs or delivered, mm-hmm. probably from a wedding folder. But I just looked down on one of the decks and it was just there, ready to go, yeah. lined up, press play. And I mean, what a song. It's incredible. It was just fantastic. So yeah, that, I mean, yeah, great track, great moment, great memory. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sending everyone out the door smiling and singing yeah. that song. Yeah. Like imagine that, everyone's 6am in Ibiza singing Stevie Wonder, <laughs> hugging each other. Just fantastic moment. Yeah, yeah, that's what those moments are made for. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, that's that's it. We always have a final question, which is, um, mm. you know, obviously we are House Culture, you are on the House Culture podcast. Yes. Um, you know, the whole culture of house music and, you know, dance music and the whole scene um, that exists because of the music. Yeah. Um, you know, how how do you kind of square it with yourself, like your place in that? And what does, what does the scene kind of mean to you and what has it brought you? Um... I mean, the scene for me, it's actually like in a bit of a sad place at the minute, just because I think too many people have come into it without remembering where it's come from. Mm-hmm. I always see myself as like a, uh, what's the word? Not that I don't belong, I do belong, but like I'm so grateful to be allowed to be a part of it because it's not mine. Yeah. Um, the roots, LGBTQ roots, black roots, so much history. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always so important to be so respectful of where the scene come from. And probably got a bit deep there really, didn't I? It's because of the meeting (laughs) I had before this, we were talking about it. But I mean, I see the scene as a special place still and creates so many memories. And just, I think it's important that people still just sort of like remember how it started and where it came from. Mm-hmm. Especially like the new age people, people that turned 18 through COVID. Yeah. Um, you've got kind of like this new wave of people that are found their way into the scene and I don't think they know why they're there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that quickly we get back to like, the reason it was so special is because everyone knew why they were there. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think it's important that we get back to that. And 
yeah, I mean, it's always just going to be the best, isn't it? House music forever. Although maybe now liquid drum and bass. <laughs> so, gosh, could Can't be jumping ship this time next week. Yeah, that liquid drum and bass set in the wild corner. Oh my gosh, don't. Don't <laughs> tempt me because I've already been looping, I found you. Like just the vocal bit and figuring out what I can do with it. Uh-huh. Oh, it's going in there. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Look forward to hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, thank you so much. That's Thanks it. for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. House Culture. Yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? Thanks for Katie for sitting down with us at Defected HQ and for sorting out such an iconic location to chat. I don't know about you, but I'm not only looking forward to hearing what Katie does next, but I'm also pumped for that inevitable liquid drum and bass set. And thanks for sharing that hilarious resident advisor bio story with us. I can confirm that it's now been changed. So poor Katie won't have to fend off any more awkward questions about her skincare routine. And if you want to catch Katie out there in the wild, she'll be playing at the Defected Malta Festival that is taking place from the 6th to the 8th of October 2023. Tickets are still available from all the usual places. Those tracks that Katie submitted to our playlist can be found over on Spotify. Just search for House Culture Perfect Playlist and give your eardrums a tingle with a brilliant selection of tracks chosen by all of the guests that have previously appeared on the podcast. Of course, you can now leave us a comment on Spotify about this episode in the description area or leave us a review if you're listening on Apple. Fan feedback fuels the fire of this show and we love to hear your thoughts. Say something nice and be sure to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. So this is why I'd like to say a huge thank you to DJ Guy from Cardiff who took the time out of his day to write us a review on Apple that said, after discovering our Terry Farley episode, and then following it up with our Ashley Beadle chat, he thinks the conversations are brilliant and says how important it is to document the history of the music and of the people involved in it. Guy, that is exactly what we are here for. I couldn't have put it better myself. To all listeners, if you want to stay on top of what we do at House Culture, please follow our Instagram at HouseCultureNet or follow the hashtag TrueHouseCulture. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, you can do that on Instagram at DJ Matt Rouse. Thanks for listening. Rave safe and see you next time. House culture.